This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond, and they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Where are we headed as a people, as a nation, as a world? Keep that thought with you as we go through today. We know we've been lied to from most, if not all, of our politicians. We all want better than we have, but many of us settle because hey, it ain't easy to get ahead. We know it appears that the world is spinning out of control. Sometimes feels like we're going to fly right off the earth with spinning so fast. We all need to do what we can as much as we can and hope and pray that that will be enough. And we all will probably continue to think, yeah, that'll be enough after today's show. So take a deep breath, take a sip of coffee, and let's do this. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the broadcast. So much, so much to get to today. We are going to have a... Hey, we got a short time to get there. Right? Something like that. So, Judicial Watch, uh, the great Judicial Watch, announced uh, earlier this week, Thursday, I think, might even have been early yesterday, that they obtained documents from the Department of State containing the telephone transcripts from the evening of September 11th, 2012, in which then-Secretary of State, now-presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, informs then-Egyptian Prime Minister that the deadly terrorist attack on the U.S. compound in Benghazi had nothing to do with the film. All the documents that they have, previously unreleased telephone transcripts with world leaders about the Benghazi attack. And I know Judicial Watch had a tough time getting these, but they finally, they finally got them. At 10.08 p.m. on September 11th, Mrs. Clinton issued an official State Department press statement approved by the White House 
placing the blame of the attack on an internet video. Some have sought to justify this vicious behavior as a response to inflammatory material posted on the internet. The United States deplores any intentional effort to denigrate the religious beliefs of others. Our commitment to religious tolerance goes back to the very beginning of our nation. Let me be clear. This, there is never any jurisdiction for violent acts. There's never any justification for violent acts of this kind ever. Yet, the next day, in her uh, 7.49 p.m. September 12th conversation with Kandil, uh, the Egyptian Egyptian prime minister. Okay, I want to be clear, Egyptian prime minister, because a couple days later she talks to the Egyptian foreign minister. But when she talks to the prime minister on the 12th of September, Clinton said, we know the attack in Libya had nothing to do with the film. It was a planned attack, not a protest. The prime minister responded, you're not kidding. Based on the information we saw today, we believe that group that claimed responsibility for this is affiliated with Al-Qaeda. Huh. Then on September 15th, in a telephone call with Egyptian foreign minister, Clinton emphatically portrayed the stupid, very offensive film as the root cause of the Benghazi violence. I have repeatedly, as has the president and other officials in our government, deplored not only the content of this stupid, very offensive film, but we have to exercise more self-discipline, otherwise we'll be in a vicious downward circle against everyone who has ever, ever felt this way against Libya. (laughs) Now, of course, this obviously shows that she lied. They all did about the Benghazi ordeal. We know that. We know they have, and yet they continue to deny it. More and more proof spills out. Will anything become of it? I mean, it's clear. What were we doing this for? Oh, I know. Let's see. What was going on at the time? What was going on at the time? Oh, oh, that's right. The re-election of President Barack Hussein Obama. And it worked. It worked. So now what? We have this. We have the email scandal. Doesn't mean anything. Will anything come of it? Anything at all? Where are we headed? As a people. As a nation. As a world. Where are we headed? You know where we're headed? $15 minimum wage. (laughs) Yeah, that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. Now, they had a big uh, rally, a rally, a protest uh, in Arizona. And we have a news report here from Arizona. And they talked to um, 
a McDonald's employee, Kathy. And she shows exactly the mindset of those that want, think they deserve, the $15 an hour minimum wage. Let's look at the other side of this now. So do you work full time? Yes, I do. Okay. So if you were to increase your hourly wage to $15 an hour, that would be about $30,000 a year annually uh, that, that you would be making. So for perspective, a paramedic makes $31,000 a year. Teachers in Tucson, where you're from, some of them make $35,000 a year. I know my first job, I made less than $30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And all those professions require you to go and get higher education and, and pay for all of that. Why should someone who works at McDonald's like you getting paid the same amount of money uh, or sometimes even more than people who graduated from college. Hello? With that, the minimum wage, if it goes Uh, up, uh, everybody else's goes up. uh, No, honey. The police, all the minimum wage goes up. Uh, No, honey. For me, to make minimum wage come up, I would be able to to afford to live like everybody else. I work just as hard as a construction Uh, worker. I work my 40 hours, but they only put you down as part-time. That would be illegal. With that, I need full-time. And with the full-time, I'll be able to get, like everybody else, the insurance for my children, insurance for myself, pay for bills. And with my income increasing, everybody else will increase. Some small businesses say they wouldn't be able to afford that, though, to be paying all of their employees $15 an hour. What do you say to that, Kathy? Aren't we already doing that? They don't want to pay $8 an hour. And aren't we already, you know, is this still going on at $8 an hour? And they don't want to pay that. So, you know, with all of us and, and the rest of the world, we we need that that extra world. money. I started off at $3 an hour. And that was oh, so only you, 10 years ago. So how can and we now you make $8 that? an hour. In order to live. Huh. All right. Kathy, thank you so much. No, Kathy. No, not thank you. Liz, uh, Liz Kotalik, Fox 10, right? Kotalik, K-O-T-A-L-I-K? Yeah. Uh, Fox 10. I, I, I would be a little bit, I'm not a news reporter, so I may not have been as nice as Liz. Uh, no, Kathy, uh, that's not the way it is. Uh, hey, if my minimum wage goes up, everybody's minimum wage goes up. <laughs> Hello. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a mathematician by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, minimum wage is minimum wage. So, how does that work? Oh, I know it's minimum. This is what you're up against. This is what you're up against. She said she started off at $3 an hour, and now it's up to 8 Oh my gosh, that means she's she's actually gone up. Huh. She'll be able to get insurance. I guess insurance is free, even at fifteen dollars an hour. And uh, if you're working forty hours, uh, they have to make you uh, a full time employee. So if she's working forty hours and not becoming a full time employee, uh, that's illegal. Now, one of my favorite parts of the I don't know if this particular clip can show do justice to the chant. But I want you to hear this. This is, uh, I love because it's so unbelievably 
stupid. The protest chants that go on around the country when this happens. So let's hear if we can make it out from this from this chant. Oh yeah, no, you can't. They keep if we don't get it, shut it down. If we don't get it, shut it down. But their main uh, their main chant was hold your burgers, hold your fries, make our wages supersized. If we don't get it, shut it down. <laughs> I am in love with protest chants. I should have added it, too. I mean, this is a McDonald's protest, man. Hold your burgers, hold your fries, make our wages supersized. What's something? We've got to add something about the clown, right? Make our wages supersized. We don't get it. Kill the clown. No, don't, don't do that. Um, if we don't get it, pay the clown. If the play the clown, I can't think of anything now. Gone. I had a perfect chant last night, too. I, I dreamt, sadly. This is how bad I am. I mean, this is a sad, poor thing. I dreamt about a chant for the stupid hold your burgers, hold your fries, make our wages supersized. <laughs> if the clown can get it, so can I. If we don't get it, shut it down. No, that doesn't work either. Hold your burgers, hold your fries, make our wages supersize. If we don't get it, shut it down. Then kill the clown. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who was selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company. And it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Real estate agents, I trust.com. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. Welcome to it. 888 900 3393 is the phone number. This is, of course, to it equals the Blaze Radio Network. I mean, this is where you're at. Thank you so much for being here. Pure Opelka, Mike Opelka, coming up immediately following this broadcast. And then we spin a little rewind to Jay Severin from the previous week. And then Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Paggs, all live on the Blaze Radio Network. I feel like right now I have my my little separate studio box that I plug my headphones in so that I can hear myself. 
um, it keeps going in and out. And whenever I touch the table, whenever I, you know, I put my hands on the table as I'm talking to you, it goes out. So I keep going in and out. And uh, then I look up and I'm reminded of the uh, Laura Ingram. Uh, if you don't know the story, um, I'll tweet it out at Jeffy MRA is my Twitter account. And I'll, I'll put it up on my Facebook page to uh, Jeff Fisher Radio. But um, Laura Ingram, hundreds of stations around the country, syndicated talk host. The first, one of the first rules that you learn in radio is, you know, the mic is always hot. No matter what, the mic is always hot. And we've all had our experiences where we've not remembered that rule. But one of the other rules that you learn, I don't know, from the beginning of time, that in a public place, especially like, oh, I don't know, a radio, uh, you don't use profanity. And many of us push the limit. Uh, no question. I'm one of them. Uh, that I, I am not the word police, and I believe that, you know, I really do believe that it. Uh, you should be able to use whatever the heck you want. However, you play within the rules given you, and she's on radio. While this show is on the internet, duh, uh, technically I could go on and on with any, you know, anything I wanted to talk to you about, but it goes against the values and the morals of this company that I work for. So, ah, we I play within the rules of where you're at. But she, and I don't know, I, I, I'm not going to play the audio because I didn't give it to New York to play and I didn't think about think about it when I heard it last night. No, nah, that's all right. We don't need to get it. It's all right. Yeah, thanks. I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily need to hear Laura Ingram going off on her people. It's just fascinating to me that someone that is supposed to be you know, a nationally syndicated host. First of all, if you go, if you listen to it, she, all the power goes out, she loses audio and she starts freaking out. It's amazing to me that she would freak out that bad over something like that. We've all gone through power outages and mics off and things don't work and system goes down and you don't know if you're talking to your audience or not. Uh, this is out, that is out, and you just keep right plowing through it. You just plow through it. You may mention it. You can talk about it, but you don't freak out like she did. And then she uses her the F word, which <laughs> I find fascinating because the mic, she's on a radio. Okay? She's on a radio syndicated deal. I mean, she may be on the internet, but her deal is syndicated on radio. That's number one word you don't use on the radio. That's amazing. And off she goes because she thinks everything is gone. Amazing. Laura, you can apologize all you want, baby. But to me, that shows what kind of person you are. Wow. Amazing what happens under a little bit of pressure, isn't it, Laura? Laura. And she may be feeling a little bit of pressure anyway. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know what I mean by that. I just mean she she may be feeling a little pressure from her affiliates. That's all. And after this, 
have fun. She'll apologize and she'll get fined and it'll be a beautiful thing and she'll be off her merry way and she'll be on all her stations and everything will be happy. It'll all be good. And we'll just love listening to Laura Ingram more than ever. Won't we? The Citadel. Considering a request from an admitted student that she be allowed to wear a hijab in keeping with her Muslim faith. Um, I would say that the Citadel is doing the right thing by saying they are considering it. Uh, they should consider it for about uh, uh, shorter than they already have. And then say, uh, no, have a nice day. Uh, have a nice day. Uh, I put this story up on my Facebook page and Twitter page and got a lot of responses uh, from people. All I just said is, I know how I feel. And then people were free to tell me how they felt. (laughs) Um, This is unbelievable to me that, first of all, this is just, this is our president and his wife telling us we've got to change our traditions, change our history. And they told you that before they took office the first time. And here we go. They already have Muslims at the Citadel. Huh. You mean they've allowed them in, but it's a military academy and you're supposed to be one and the same? Amazing how that happens. Amazing how that happens. Uh, can I wear a hijab to the Citadel? Uh, no. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher. That's me. Alex Epstein, uh, the moral case for fossil fuels. I first met Alex uh, when he was uh, on uh, the Jackie D show, which airs uh, on the Blaze Radio Network on Sundays. And uh, he was fantastic. And then uh, he was on, but prior to that, I believe he was on Stu's show, The Wonderful World of Stu, and then um, on the Blaze Television Network. And then we brought him on uh, the Glenn Beck program. Uh, the radio broadcast. Well, Alex is also the head of Center for Industrial Progress, and he is the author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, and he is, you know, trying to make a difference. But God love him. He teaches some classes. I know he's got some other stuff going on. We'll have to talk to him soon uh, about his his plan to educate uh, you and me on how to... uh, how to talk to these dingleberries about uh, energy and fossil fuels. But he went in front of a Senate committee last week and it was pretty impressive. Now I'll just play his opening statement and I'll tweet out his uh, full his full testimony. Uh, on my Twitter page at Jeff EMRA and uh, Jeff Fisher Radio uh, Facebook. 
But his opening statement to the Senate committee uh, was great. Mr. Epstein. The energy industry is the industry that powers every other industry. To the extent energy is cheap, plentiful, and reliable, human beings thrive. To the extent energy is unaffordable, scarce, or unreliable, human beings suffer. Huh. Amazing. I mean, he's all he comes out fighting out of the box. It's his opening statement at the Environment and Public Works Committee. And yet, in this election year, the candidates, especially the Republican candidates, have barely discussed energy. Thus, I'm grateful for the opportunity to discuss the morality of energy policy. When we evaluate energy policies, such as President Obama's efforts to restrict cheap, plentiful, reliable fossil fuels and mandate solar and wind, it's worth asking, has this been tried before? The answer is much milder versions of the president's energy policy have been tried in Europe, and they've resulted in skyrocketing energy prices every time. Take Germany. Over the last decade, Germany pursued the popular ideal of running on the unreliable energy from solar and wind. But since unreliable energy can't be relied upon, it has to be propped up by reliable energy, mostly fossil fuels. The solar panels and wind turbines are an unnecessary and enormous cost to the system. The average German pays three to four times more for electricity than the average American. It's so bad that Germans have had to add a new term to the language, energy poverty. Think of that. Energy poverty. Alex Epstein, uh, opening statement at the Environment and Public Works Committee. Energy poverty is a new term in Germany. Wow. I know that's hard for us here in the U.S. to imagine, but it may be coming soon. The United States should learn from the failed German experiment. Instead, our president is doubling down on it. And just as ominously, he's calling for even the poorest countries to use unreliables instead of reliables. This in a world where three billion people have almost no access to energy. How could this possibly be moral? The alleged justification is that fossil fuels cause climate change and should therefore be eliminated. But we need to clearly define what we mean by climate change. Because while nearly everyone, the 97%, agrees that more CO2 in the atmosphere causes some climate change, it makes all the difference in the world whether that change is a mild, manageable warming or a runaway, catastrophic warming. Which is it? If we look at what has been scientifically demonstrated versus what has been speculated, the climate impact of CO2 is mild and manageable. The warming of the last 80 years has been barely more than the natural warming that occurred in the 80 years before that, when there were virtually no CO2 emissions. From a geological perspective, both CO2 levels and temperatures are very low. There is no perfect amount of CO2 or perfect average temperature, although higher CO2 levels do create more plant growth and higher temperatures do lower mortality rates. To be sure, many prominent scientists and organizations predict catastrophe. But this is wild speculation, and it's nothing new. Alex claiming here wild speculation is nothing new. Huh. There's nothing new. Wild speculation on climate change is nothing new. I wonder if there are any examples from the past, Alex. 
Indeed, many of today's thought leaders have been falsely predicting catastrophe for decades. 30 years ago, NASA climate leader James Hansen predicted that temperatures would rise by 2 to 4 degrees between 2000 and 2010. Instead, depending on which temperature data set you consult, they rose only slightly or not at all. 30 years ago, President Obama's top science advisor, John Holdren, predicted that by now we'd be approaching a billion CO2-related deaths from famine. Instead, famine has plummeted. More broadly, climate-related deaths, deaths from extreme heat, extreme cold, storms, drought, and floods, have decreased at a rate of 50% since the 1980s and 98% since major CO2 emissions began 80 years ago. How is it possible that we're safer than ever from the climate? Because while fossil fuel use has only a mild warming impact, it has an enormous protecting impact. Nature doesn't give us a stable, safe climate that we make dangerous. It gives us an ever-changing, dangerous climate that we need to make safe. And the driver behind sturdy buildings, affordable heating and air conditioning, drought relief, and everything else that keeps us safe from climate is cheap, plentiful, reliable energy, overwhelmingly from fossil fuels. Hmm. Protection from climate, overwhelmingly from Fossil fuels. Look at that. Alex Epstein, in his opening statement at the Environment and Public Works Committee, uh, it's a Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, protection from climate, overwhelmingly from fossil fuels. He continues. Thus, the president's anti-fossil fuel policies would harm billions of lives economically and make them more vulnerable to nature's ever-present climate danger. Using more fossil fuels, along with other cheap, plentiful, reliable sources, such as nuclear and hydro, also opposed by most of the environmentalist movement, is a moral imperative. Now, I realize that many of you have fought to restrict fossil fuel use, and it can be politically difficult to change one stand, but if you continue on your current path, you will cause billions of people to suffer unnecessarily. I hope you reconsider your position, and no matter how politically difficult it is, I hope you change your stand. Now, this was a legislative hearing on examining the role of environmental policies on access to energy and economic opportunity. That was the stated purpose of the session. Now, Big surprise, uh, Barbara Boxer, uh, Senator, Barbara Boxer, Barbara, Barbara, that's her name. I call her Barbara. She likes Barbara. That's why I don't call her that. Uh, She is, first of all, agonizing just to start off the day. I mean, let alone hearing her speak and talk about things, but just right off the day, just wake up and think Barbara Boxer, agonizing. But she, of course, is on this committee. And she she gets a little wound up at Alex. And uh, it's worth listening to because you see just how agonizing. You can hear just how agonizing. And I'll tweet out the the video of this uh, hearing. But she is. Have I said agonizing yet? Mr. Epstein, are you a scientist? No. Philosopher. You're a philosopher? Yes. Okay. Well, 
this is the Environment and Public Works Committee. I think it's interesting we have a philosopher here talking about an issue. It's to teach you how to think more clearly. Well, you don't have to teach <laughs> me how to think more clearly. Yes, yes, he does, Barbara. for the Senate on your platform. Oh, um, Reverend Nelson, perhaps the most, well, this is the place to have a philosopher, not a scientist. It's perfect for this Republican. Oh. You, you have to integrate the big I'm picture not data. See, she goes off. I'm telling you. That all you have to know is you're a philosopher, not a scientist, and I don't appreciate getting lectured by a philosopher about science. Uh, really, Barbara, you don't appreciate being lectured by a philosopher about science that doesn't agree with what you believe. That's what you don't want. Because then it seemed later in the hearing you proceeded to uphold Pope Francis and Reverend Nelson, who you heard is there, uh, Presbyterian minister, uh, I guess their authorities, because the Pope and a, and a Presbyterian minister are authorities and on science. I wonder if they agree with Barbara and her climate change plans. Oh, you know what? I think they do. I think they do. Thanks, Senator Barbara Boxer. Alex, good luck. Amazing that the truth is treated so poorly in this government, isn't it? This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. We got to put a best of on Drew. We're going to lose every f- station we have. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. What do I do? I can't hear anything. Uh, Laura Ingram, come on now. Come on. How long have you been doing the show, Laura? Let's look it up. How long Laura been doing the show? Laura Ingram. She's had been doing it for at least 10 years, right? Come on. She's, I should have looked that up. You know, a, a good broadcaster would have had that on his brought up. I'm, I'm, I'm beating up Laura, and I don't even know the story that I'm going to tell you. Uh, nationally syndicated talk show. Doesn't say for how long. She had to have been doing it for quite some time, though, right? Hold on. Let's go to Wikipedia. Yeah, at least since 2003. Right? So, I mean, that's 13 years already. She, I mean, come on now. She's had people holding her hand this whole time. I'm told, uh, I find out now, I'm getting reports that Laura isn't as, uh, you know, nice a person as uh, I was led to believe. And uh, this particular meltdown. We got to put a best of on Drew. We're going to lose every station we have. (laughs) This is unbelievable. (laughs) I would say, and as I said earlier, this particular segment would lead you to believe that perhaps she isn't quite as nice a person as you would think when you hear this. But let me say this. You know, it's frustrating as a, uh, you know, I get it. It's frustrating. 
I'm not sticking up for her because I think it's agonizing and she should be smarter than that. Uh, she's sitting in front of her microphone uh, doing her show. Whether she thinks she's off or on or not, uh, when you're doing your show, you should always figure the mic is hot. Rule one of sitting in front of a microphone, it's hot. Someone can hear you. Something is recording what you say. In fact, I were, the one station I used to work for had a thing on, and we never told anybody that you could do it. It was a secret. Uh, that even when the mics were off, you could push a button on the board in the control room and listen to what's being said in that room. Huh. So, you should always think that the microphone is hot instead of... We got to put a best of on Drew. We're going to lose every station we have. (laughs) Outstanding. Outstanding. Laura, bless your heart. Bless your heart. (sighs) Hope the fines don't come in too big. Hope the fines don't come in too big. And if you think you you can afford those fines, uh, Laura makes a decent wage. I guarantee you that. And I'm sure Westwood won. As she said, we've got to put a best of on and call Westwood one. We've got to let him know. We've got to let him know. The power's out. I'm sure that's what your executive producer was doing at the time. That's what they get paid for, Laura. That's what they get paid for. I And I was going to get to some good news, too. We've got some good news on James Cameron and the Avatar. We've got some good news coming from AMC Theaters. We've got good news coming from ESPN. And yet... We got to put a best of on Drew. We're going to lose every f- station we have. <laughs> good luck, Laura. I hope it doesn't cost you too much, baby. Well, it'd be fascinating to see just how much it does cost. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. How are you? 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mike Opelka, pure Opelka, coming up immediately following this broadcast today. And then a little uh, Jay Severin rewind. And then Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags, all today, all live on the Blaze Radio Network. You need not go anywhere else. You know that, right? 
I mean, you know that. So, I mean, I tell you, but I really shouldn't have to, and I know that, but I just want to, you know, drive it home that you don't need to go anywhere. Then right here. Simple. Simple. All right, so I've had this story. I, I will do a round robin, some of the news that caught my caught my attention over the last few days that, uh, you know, I felt like sharing with you. This story, however, has been in my stack of stories that I haven't gotten to in over a month. And uh, every time I grab my, I reach up in my, up in my holder for the show when I get here on Saturday mornings and I pull it out and I look at it and I was like, oh, I don't know. I set it on top and, and every so often my daughter comes with me to the show and she sees me pull it out and she goes, oh, that's still at the top? That's not, you haven't used that. It's still on the top. So I have my eight-year-old daughter's like, that's still on the top, Dad? I mean, what are you going to do with it? I'm sick of seeing the picture. Okay, so the picture is of a maggot. And so I can understand why she's sick of seeing it. The story is fascinating. Genetically modified maggots uh, excrete a growth protein that helps wounds heal faster. That's some good news, right? Now, they talk about it's, you know, hopefully a change in how we treat the wounds. The strain of green bottle fly. Lucilla siricata larvae, capable of producing a human growth factor in detectable amounts. The growth factor could accelerate wound healing, especially in patients with diabetes and other conditions that produce persistent ulcers and sores. Now, this is where it gets interesting. If it's not interesting enough already, having maggots, thinking about maggots crawling all over your wounds, helping them heal. The term maggot may sound distasteful. No. No, stop that. But the little critters can play a significant role in clinical situations. Sterile, lab-raised version of the green bottle fly larvae are sometimes used in maggot debridement therapy. It's called MDT. A technique that stimulates healing by removing dead tissue and cleansing a wound. So it'll be great for home care. Honey, the maggots are here. MBT is approved by the FDA, but they claim that the clinical studies of the technique have shown little or no improvement in healing following the course of treatment. That's kind of strange. Now, that's uh, that's the uh, maggot debridement therapy, the MDT. Uh, but the new, huh, the new strain of the green bottle fly larvae, now, now we're talking the genetically modified maggots that we're going to put on your wounds to heal. Now we're talking. So that's something to look forward to. The new genetically modified maggots helping heal your wounds. Good news. In the world of sport, drone racing, ESPN will be covering it. Many casual observers realized drone racing had become a thing when they discovered last month that the British teen had landed a prize of more than $250,000, winning the inaugural World Drone Prix in Dubai. 
Come on now. How come we haven't seen that? The Sport Network's first IDRA event will be the 2016 U.S. National Drone Racing Championship take place, taking place on Governor's Island in New York City over three days in August, first part of August. All the action will be live streamed on ESPN3 and later broadcast a one-hour special on its TV channel. Yeah, baby. International Drone Racing Association. Drone races. Get ready for it. Think you can handle it? More good news. And this is this story is good news slash might be bad news. The movie Avatar. James Cameron. Now, I'm one of the few people that actually kind of enjoyed the stupid movie. And I, I kind of liked it. It was okay. I don't mind watching it. It's okay. All right. You can have that's a movie you can have on and do stuff around the house and the kids can watch it and there's nothing, you know, it's okay. Well, James Cameron has informed us that there's going to be four, count them, four, one, two, three, four sequels to Avatar. Cameron outlined a Christmas release schedule for the films. Avatar 2, Christmas of 2018. Avatar 3, in Christmas 2020. Avatar 4, in Christmas 22. And Avatar 5, in Christmas 2023. Each one of which stands alone, Cameron promised. But together, form a complete saga. So, I'm not sure that that's actually something I want to look forward to or not. But I'm just letting you know, James Cameron is planning on four Avatar sequels. More good news that may turn into bad news. AMC. We've talked on this broadcast about movie theaters. And it's, you know, how they're, they're, I know they're trying, they're trying hard. I know they're trying and they're fighting tooth and nail to keep people coming to the theaters. And we've got new movie theaters going up all over the country where you can go in and sit back in your tilt back and order food and watch a movie. And it's comfortable and it's nice and it's a cute little thing. But I need to. I believe I've developed a plan, and I'm going to have to think about it a little bit more and work out some of the details on developing a plan for the new releases to be released into your home, a pay per view, so that you do not have to go to the theaters, and yet a way for you to still want to go to the theaters and see movies and keep the theaters alive. It has to be both ways because the party, the movie theaters, will never let it happen. I mean, they'll fight tooth and nail, and they already are. Um, there's already been some talk, uh, some people in Hollywood using my plan, <laughs> using my plan under their name about releasing movies, uh, pay-per-view uh, new. So, uh, hello, Hollywood, uh, me, okay? I'm the one that came up with the idea a number of years ago. And I also have some ideas for the cable company that will help them 
uh, stay alive as well. Uh, call me, okay? Just I'm here to help. I'm here to help you. Okay. AMC creating an idea, throwing it out there, and I'm sure they're throwing it out there just to get a feel for it, that they might let soon millennials use their phones during the movies. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, one of the benefits of going to the movie theater is not having the distractions of the world around you when you're in the theater. The CEO, Adam Aaron of AMC Entertainment, um, he says he's considered letting theatergoers use mobile devices during film screenings. That way, young people with smartphones will want to attend more movies. Will they? Will they? When you tell a 22-year-old to turn off the phone, don't ruin the movie... They hear, please cut off your left arm above the elbow. <laughs> uh, perhaps I am a I am a huge internet user and a huge phone user. I mean, I use I'm online and use the phone for many many things all day long, and I, I'm addicted. And in fact, we're talking to uh, we're talking to a lady this hour, uh, Candace Owens, who is the founder of uh, Degree180.com. But she is uh, just starting a new plan uh, to help t- about <sighs> cyberbullying. We've talked a little bit about cyberbullying in the past, and you know how I, I'm kind of like, um, it's hard for me to believe that it actually happens, but we're talking to her about it anyway. She's got a new uh, a new plan and a new site that she's throwing out there to try to help uh, with uh, people with cyberbullying issues. So we'll see what her plan is and see if it works and see if I can live with it or not because I first read about this and I had someone send it to me on my Facebook page, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio, and say, uh, if this is real, it's scary, her new plan. And uh, I read it, and it didn't seem that scary, but it could be. And all our information is out there, right? All our information is out there. So have we given up our privacy? Sure. But we still have some privacy left, right? Like, oh, I don't know, the movie theater. That's why we go to the movie theater. And dear 22-year-old, tough, shut it off. Watch the movie. Put it in airplane mode. It'll still be on. It's okay. Put it on vibrate so every once in a while you can slide it out of your pocket and just kind of glance at it to see if Billy called or Joni texts you that she's going to be at the laundromat for two hours. That's what you missed, okay? Sad. I say no to that. Or we, I guess, you know, I guess you could have separate ones. Uh, You know, if you want to use your phone, you can only see this theater. And what will happen is that that will be the theater that 
isn't sold out, so you'll decide, well, I'll just go and watch the movie in this theater because I want to see the movie and I don't care if people are talking on their phone. And it'll ruin the AMC experience. So good luck with the AMC experience. New plan, allowing those phones in the movie theater to be used. So don't you want to just spend the 30, 40 bucks on the new release and let it show in your house? Even 50. I mean, what the heck? You go to a movie, you take a family to the movies, you're not, you're spending 50 bucks. You might, the last time I went to the theater, I probably, last time I went to the theater, it was cheap to get in. I mean, I ordered the tickets online so I didn't have to wait in line. I got tickets. Yeah, yeah. Bloop, bloop. I'm in. Bloop. Get them online, scan the line. Uh, but then you go to the movie theater, and for some reason, your children decide that they want to have popcorn and soda and some sort of other chocolatey snack. I don't know, maybe because they have fresh popcorn smell throughout the entire theater that hooks you in, that puts you in the mental state of must have popcorn, must have popcorn, must have popcorn. So, yeah, your tickets were only $5 a piece. You're fortunate you got right in. You bought them online. Thank you. And now, uh, is that what is that all you need there? The three popcorns, the three sodas, and the three boxes of Skittles? And maybe the milk duds? Yeah. That'll be $852, please. I know, but the tickets were only 5 bucks a pop. I know. I know. But uh, the popcorn is on sale, but the candy is not on sale, and those are 25 bucks a pop. Uh, can I put one back? No. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, you sick break. How are you? All right, uh, Candace Owens coming up. Uh, we'll talk to her a little bit about the new project that she has, uh, socialautopsy.com. And at first glance, it seems a little like, uh, what now? Wait, what? Wait, what? So we'll talk to her about that. And see what her plan is and see what uh, she's hoping to uh, have happen with the project. I was just looking. um, I was looking at uh, one story about uh, social autopsy. And it looks like the Kickstarter page was suspended a couple days ago. So we'll have to ask her about that and see if that's what she wanted, what's going on. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But I actually want, I'm interested to know what, what her plan is and why we need it. Because I'm telling you, I get it. I get it. No, I don't. I don't understand the cyberbullying thing. I really don't. Um, you could get attacked any day of your life on from a text saying 
um, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Um, delete? Move on? I mean, we'll figure it out. One of my favorite stories this week, and it's not really a favorite story, actually. It's kind of agonizing. Uh, these Dallas mothers arrested and held in jail for five days over an alleged hot dog theft. Okay. Now, the story is they went to New Orleans for an event, hopped in their car to drive back to Dallas. Now, they packed a lunch, and they planned to stop at a gas station to heat up their food when the time came. Okay? First of all, if I'm the gas station, I'm a little pissed. You just came in to use my microwave? Buy a soda. Do something. However, so and so when they pulled into the gas station convenience store in Iberia, Louisiana, they went in, warmed up their soup, and hot dogs went back to the car. They were stopped by the Iberia police officer who accused the two women of eating two hot dogs, two milkshakes, and an icy in the convenience store without paying. Uh, no. So, there's nothing on their records. And so he let them go. And they said, hey, look at the surveillance video. You can see what happened. But they were given a court date of March 14th. They go back. They can't afford an attorney. I would have called. This is, uh, this is all just the court wanting to make money now that I'm saying it out loud. They should have gotten an attorney from Iberia or whatever and had him go down there and say, hey, your honor, get over it. So they go back to the hearing. And they were told, hey, no jury trial is going to take place. They were told law enforcement viewed the surveillance footage and saw both women leaving the store with items in hand. No mention of the hot dogs. Women pled not guilty. I'm sure they didn't get to see the surveillance video. And the court date was set for May 25th. As they were getting ready to leave and come back, they said, hey, uh, we think they're a flight risk. And they, the judge says, okay. Now, they can't make the bail money, so they get thrown in jail. Unbelievable. So after three or four days, a, a one of the local attorneys hears their deal and gets them out and sends them home. But they still have to go back for their trial May 25th. I think the Iberia justice system in Louisiana needs a little fixing going on. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mike Opelka, Pure Opelka coming up immediately following this broadcast. I'm not sure what Mike is giving away today. Uh, I heard in the break room that, uh, and I, you know, look, you know, you take with a grain of salt, what you hear in the break room, but I heard that uh, he's having the the antibacterial stunt brain fluid for your hands. So, you know, good luck. Get a bottle of stunt brain 
antibacterial cream. Be good for you. All right. Cyberbullying. Do you believe in it? You kind of have to. We hear stories more and more every day, right? I mean, we all have children or someone we know that <laughs> uses the internet every day. I'm a different breed. I mean, I, I got it. I use it every day, you know, too much, probably. If I was diagnosed, I'd be diagnosed with a too much internet addiction. And uh, I, you know, look, I'm used to being abused. Just listen to this network. But, uh, you know, you can't bully me online. Come on now. Come on. If my children, if my daughter, if my son came to me and said, I just got a thing from the kid around the corner on my phone, which, by the way, uh, my daughter won't have for quite some time, uh, and it said, he thinks I'm ugly and hates me. I would say, delete. You don't need to see that dingleberry anymore. And don't worry about him. Move on. However, I guess, you know, for some, it isn't that easy. So I read a story about a new Kickstarter program to create something called social autopsy social autopsy and i think to myself i don't know if that sounds good or not so i contacted candace owens the founder ceo and i said candace you're coming on my show or i've got a cyber no I, i asked her and she agreed candace welcome to the show how are you I am doing very well this morning. How are you? Good. Oh, so good. All right. Social autopsy. Your other uh, site, degree180.com. Um, what, are you, what? first of all, let's stop. Social autopsy. What are you hoping to achieve with this? Um, honestly, all we're really hoping to achieve is that through a very you know simple means of accountability, you know, instead of people being able to post anonymously on the web, if they knew, you know, that they had to be who they are, they may pull back on some of the things that they're saying. Okay. So if I say something bad anywhere, um, sometimes I mean it, sometimes I don't. Um, you know, sometimes I may say something and two people agree and two people think it's mean. Um, who decides? Um, well, no one decides. I think, first off, I think bad is a very subjective word, right? I mean, how bad are we talking? Um, I think for us, what we are looking for are the people that just take things a step a little too far. When we're talking about exercising, you know, hate speech and threats to people on the web and doing it anonymously, you know, or trying to, you know, hide yourself. We don't think that's acceptable. Um, So, I mean, I guess just kind of talking about what the word bad means, because I think people are afraid we're talking about an opinion, which everyone has opinions, you know, and people can get a little, you know, hostile back and forth, but we're not talking about opinions. Okay. So what happens, 
when someone says, hey, that person is bullying me, and they come to you? So um, they would fill out what we have is pretty much a submission form. And that submission form goes, it, it kind of functions like a tip line for us. It kind of gets filtered into a box, and they include links. And we can go and observe the situation ourselves and make sure that we do the due diligence to determine that the person is, in fact, the person that they say they are. And all we do is we don't even say, you know, this is bullying or this is harassment or this person should be fired. We just create, you know, an easily accessible digital um, record of it. And that's it. I mean, it's up to whoever reads the words to interpret whether or not they think it's, you know, harassment, this or that in our database. Okay. How, uh, How's it going? I've been reading I, since uh, since we chatted uh, through email. Um, I looked around and searched around a little bit, and it seems that you are taking some heat for this. How's it going? Um, you know, it's actually, as of this morning, going pretty well. I think we're starting to narrow down on how this all got started. There was, you know, pretty much what seemed to be like a viral smear campaign saying a bunch of things about our database that were just categorically false and, you know, going off of our Kickstarter video, which I don't think any of us could have predicted was going to be so popular. (laughs) (laughs) So what started, uh, what, what got you into the idea that, uh, you know, we really should do something about this and this is what we should do. Um, you know, so I think we're kind of getting, you know, foremost when I was in high school, Facebook had just started. And I think, that was sort of the genesis, the beginning of the end, actually, I should say the genesis of the revelation. And we were just able to see how easy it is and to feel like you said, you would tell your kid, just walk away from it. It's just not that easy. It really isn't. Um, Why not? Why isn't that? Why isn't it that easy? Because I, especially I think for children, um, but it's hard being a kid, you know, you don't even know about yourself. Like, you know, you don't, you're not confident yet. You're not sure of who you are in the world. Um, you know, you have tremendous insecurities that you wear every single day. And to have someone reinforce it, you know, you just start to believe it. Okay, but when we have that our entire lives, I, I, I understand. It just seems like it would seem um, easier to just let it go. Oh my gosh! There, there should totally be a song. That there should be a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, so I, think, and I do think it's a little harder. Um, you know, what? we're young and we've we've come up in this generation. And I think that some of the opinions coming from people who haven't had to live it as a kid, um, it's just it's different. It's a different understanding. But I totally understand it. Well, I mean, for, look, every kid's been uh, taunted throughout time somehow. Right. 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 But now um, you can't just leave it at school. You know, once upon a time, you'd get into a fight, get shoved into a locker and go home. Now, before you get home, it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram, it's recorded by your friends in the hallway, and it's got a like from your crush, you know, or a thumbs up. So it's just, it's more. There's just more to deal with, I think. I get that. All right. So what are some of the things that uh, you see being said uh, about your platform that are completely false? Um, the number one thing, which was essentially just a smear campaign, is that we dox minors and put up their addresses 
to make it easier for pedophiles to find them. It's just, it's so false and so crazy, um, you know, because we built this to help minors, you know, to help people and kind of shift how people are using the Internet. Okay, so... Um and so it's just not anyone. I can't just say uh, Billy next door is bugging me and I want him up on your website so I can search to see if Billy is on there. Is that how I would do it? If I, I, I'm confused at how if I get bullied by Billy mm-hmm. and I'm mad at Billy and I and I go to uh, autopsy and you say, OK, you know what? Billy deserves to be on my website. OK, so mm-hmm. then what? Then what? Um, so in that example, I'm assuming Billy has said something pretty extreme. You know, okay. some of the stuff yeah. we're yeah, seeing, yeah. just to give you an example, is like you should buy a gun and shoot yourself in the head. You know, um, no, you know, nobody wants you to live anymore. That sort of a thing, which we think is important to create a digital, you know, archive of. If okay. you would have to have his first and last name, you could, and en- you know, we'd enter him into our database. Um, our database can only be searched by a full name. So you can't just be like, I'm just going to browse and see who was added to social autopsy today. It doesn't work that way. Um, what we're trying to create this data, database for is like, you know, employers, university schools, because I think this stuff is really important to take a look at. Um, it's kind of like a social background check. I think once upon a time, you know, it's, I mean, it still is relevant, but people were so focused on criminal background checks. You know, like somebody smokes pot and you, someone finds it and it you know, affects whether or not they get a scholarship or a job. Me personally, I don't care so much about that, but I do think as an employer, I wouldn't hire someone that I saw was going around telling people to kill themselves. I just, it's, to me, it's disturbing. That's my personal opinion. Um, we're just giving people, you know, an opportunity to kind of see that trend. We think it's very important. We're arriving at a, a largely digital era right now. So when is it up and running? Um, you know, <laughs> because of everything that's happened with the Kickstarter campaign, we have just a lot of stuff on the table right now that we kind of need to sift through before we can give you any guaranteed date of when we're going to be up. We were looking at much sooner, um, but uh, we just got to give, give it some time now. And how much time? How much time? When am I going to be able to? <laughs> when am I? First um, of all, first of all, once it goes back up, how do I access it? I mean, I just have to type in a yeah, full name a like Billy, database. Billy yep. Joe Dupree, or whatever his name. Oh, don't know. That's a real name. Never mind. Just joking. Um, you Jeff know, Johnny. Fisher. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Jeff Fisher, New York, and okay. you know, right. your picture would come up, and then you'd be able to see it. It's a free database to search. Um, there's no, you know, there's no place to comment. Obviously, we can't host okay. comments. And so, um, so if if you type in, and please don't type my name in because it's going to come up no matter what <laughs> database you're in. But uh, you type in Jeff Fisher and New York, and uh, my picture comes up, and underneath my picture it says, uh, "My God, what a loser!" Is that what it says? I mean, what is it? Just what 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 is the rundown? I'm confused at what it's oh, saying. Under your under your picture would be a screenshot of what you said. It would be okay. captured what you said. A, hist- there's a no history of what I've about said. You, yeah. There's no. We don't. There's. We don't write anything. We're not. We're not sitting here saying. You know, Jeff is a really bad guy. Or right. no, of course not, because that's a form of bullying. That would be a form of bullying ourselves. It's just right. a record. Okay. okay. All right. So what, what's the uh, the outside date? 
that we're going to have it, uh, you know, it, uh, I, you know, I don't want to say a date and be held to it. We have completely built the database, um, and we have a ton of people on it. But as I said, because of this Kickstarter quotation marks scandal, um, we have had a lot more opportunities than we could have ever dreamed of right now. And it, you know, this all just happened within the last, what was the, what was the Kickstarter scandal? Uh, you know, our Kickstarter, essentially um, an individual or two, um, got very upset about our database, which I think the reasons may have been because they are some of Would end up on it? Um, yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> but they had a lot to lose. And they started this, they started, they went to the gaming community, which is a very tight-knit community. I don't know anything about gaming, so I, I'm speaking, you know, just this as in terms of what just happened and started tweeting, you know, this is, they're going to be doxing minors, you know, minors are going to be getting killed. They started tweeting to the FBI, to parenting organizations, and then they coordinated on 4chan.org to have everyone inundate Kickstarter and tell, yeah. and pretending okay. to be parents saying like, you know, my, you know, the miners are going to be doxxed. So you were, you were, bu- you were bullied on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. You were bullied on it's Kickstarter. It's ironic, yeah. Um, but it didn't affect us, obviously. It's, we're not going to be cyber bullied into not doing anything about All right, cyber so, bullying. Good. Now, well, a couple of quick things that I, I want to know now. Uh, you can access it for free. But what, what, how do you know that it's the real Jeff Fisher from New York? I mean, it so could that be... so we do that we do that research and it's very very simple you know like anybody can really do what we're doing it's just connecting the dots it's not difficult to see if it's a fake Facebook account you know what I mean because that person has one or two friends if Jeff Fisher has one or two friends then you know it's it's a little suspect if Jeff Jeff Fisher is posting all of his stuff and all of his radio interviews and his mom is writing on his wall, you know, she's so <laughs> proud of this or that, and he's got his school LinkedIn and he's in all the groups. It's, it's very obvious to know when you're dealing with a troll account on across any of the social media you right. know, accounts. It's not Candace, difficult. I'm up against the clock. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Candace Owens. Thank you so much. Uh, is there an information site you'd like people to go to or are we just waiting to get that back up? Um, we're just waiting to get it back up at the moment. We just kind of got inundated, but you know, they can, in the meantime, they can contact us at contact at degree one com If they have any questions or concerns, we definitely want to make sure we remain transparent in this process. Candace Owens. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher show on the blaze radio network. is the Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. Have a great week. Take care of yourself and always remember every station we have. Yeah, we're going to we're going to lose every station. Laura, be careful. Have a good week. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.